Hello, and welcome to True to the Bible podcast with Hunter Davis. In this lesson today, we're doing the Parent Seminar Session 2, which is Hunter Davis and how the youth group works at SBC. Today we're going to be talking about how you as a parent can be utilizing SBC's youth group as a tool in your arsenal to train up your kids in the way they should go. Again, we hope you enjoy this lesson. Thanks. Alright guys, we're going to go ahead and get going just because Lance isn't in here so I can't make fun of him, but he, he went a little long. so We're going to go ahead and get going so we can eat and talk in just a little bit. Um, my session isn't really a session. Uh, these guys have some really good stuff that they're teaching and all this stuff, and mine's not teaching, but what I wanted to do for you guys is, um, is just kind of give you an, an idea and an overview of youth group as a whole. Um, and kids help a little bit as well, and I'll have Brandy, um, if she needs to talk at the end of this, she can put input in. But really I wanted to give you guys an overview of what that is, because as Lance was talking about training up our kids in the way that they should go, and how we should do that, and as they're going to talk about this, um, continuing on, how we should train up our kids, I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about how you can utilize church, or youth group, or kids club, mainly emphasis on youth group, because you pastor, but as a tool in your tool belt, and that, that's really what I want to talk about, um, and like I said, it's going to be short, but I want you guys to first realize that you guys, or us, as a church, as a, as a youth group, we are a tool for you guys, and, and there's lots of tools that you guys have, right? I don't consider the Bible a tool, because that's like the basis for everything, but there's lots of tools and resources that we have, whether it's friends or family, or youth group, or kids club, or whatever it is, and I think that it's really important to recognize church as a tool. And if we don't, um, we don't use it, right? So like, when I, I was putting a little kid on my truck uh, not that long ago, and I'm not a car guy, okay? I watch YouTube and figure stuff out. Um, and Trevor can re relate to this and tell me, or tell you a little bit more about it because I kept complaining to him and Cody too. Um, but I was putting this lift kit on my truck and I probably went to AutoZone like 20 times. Okay, because I, I don't have, I'm not a mechanic and I don't have the right tools. And so I get, I start taking the wheels off and I start trying to take these, you know, these the suspension off and all this stuff. I don't even have the right tools to get the bolts off. Okay, let alone the suspension off. So, so I have to go to AutoZone and get a breaker bar. Well, I break the breaker bar because it's not the right one. I didn't have the right chemicals, right? Cody brings me some chemicals to spray on. I have to spray these chemicals on. And, you know, to give you an idea, this is like, I'm into like day two with my truck on blocks. Now I, I can't drive it. And I'm, I'm like, I can't even get the bolts off. And I go to AutoZone, and you know, Cody helps me, I finally get the bolts off. Well, then I pull the suspension out, and I need this thing called a, a coil compression thing. I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't even know what that is. So I go to AutoZone, I'm like, do you have this thing? They like, let me rent it. And I didn't know how to use it, so it like popped off, and then I... Well, three days goes by, and I finally get it all done with the help of Cody and some other guys. And I tell you that because I didn't have the right tools, and it made it really hard. That job, I take that into the mechanic, and he could do it in like two hours, right? And it took me three full days. Like, it was during COVID quarantine, okay? So I had all day, okay, excluding time with my kids and family, and I could not do it in three days, okay? And that's because I didn't have the right tools. And if we utilize youth group, if we utilize church, if we utilize kids club as a tool, it can really help us train up our kids in the way they should go, I think, I believe, okay? And so we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, really quickly. Like I said, this is an actual session or lesson or anything like that. 
I'm just going to give you guys some stuff so you can use youth group in the right way, so you can utilize the tool. Okay? If you don't know how to use it, if you don't know what's going on in youth group, or you don't know what's going on in kids club, then you're not going to be using the tool, right? And uh, same with any other tool that you use. So I'm going to talk about really, really briefly three ways that I think youth group specifically can be a tool for you guys. And then I'm going to go over a general, here's what we do in youth groups. So you as a parent can look at that and say, hey, here's what we do as a youth group. Okay, here's where I can take that and utilize it to train my kids up in the way they should go. Here's how I can take this and implement that in my household to train. So, so it's a tool, right? It's You don't have to come up with quite as much stuff because we have stuff here that we're doing and you can partner with us. And, and use this as a tool. Okay, so the three things. First thing, youth group provides backup. That's the way I put it. Youth group provides backup. And um, two stories that go along with this. Uh, one is when I was, it's not really a story, but when I was younger, you know, I was a teenager, and probably most of you when you were teenagers too, whenever your dad or mom tells you something, you think it's like stupid, right? Um, at least I did a lot of times. Okay, so my dad, that's my dad right He knows, right? Um, <clears throat> he would tell me sometimes, be like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Okay, and I'm talking about more of a teenager, right? More of a teenager. And one thing that my dad would do is he would get his brother, my uncle, to come and tell me the exact same thing he just told me. Right? And then I'd be like, oh, that sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty good, right? And um, the reason I tell you that is because he used my uncle as, as backup. Right? Because they're both telling me the same thing. And it started to resonate. Okay, well, maybe this is right. And another example, I had a kid at camp. Uh, I think it was this past year. And we were, I was counseling him. We were talking about some great kid. Um, and he was struggling with his parents giving him rules about parties, friends, curfews, that kind of stuff, right? He was struggling with his parents doing that. And this kid's really good about not giving in to that kind of temptation, okay? So he was like, I, my parents don't trust me. No, that's the bottom line is my parents don't trust me. And I literally was like, dude, they're right. You're wrong. And, you know, he, he's a great kid. So that's all he needed, really, was to hear it from somebody else. And so youth group can provide backup in those ways. And the, the two ways I think of is teaching and counseling. So if you're training up your kids in the way they should go, you should be going back to what? The scripture, right? The Bible. Hopefully. Right? Hopefully you're going back to the Bible. We're going back to scripture. Well, if you're going back to scripture and you're training up your kids in the way they should go, and Lance is talking to his kid about Judah or whatever, and then they hear that from their, one of their youth group leaders, or they hear it from me, or they hear it from Brandy, and what's that saying? It's like, hey, my, my parents aren't crazy. Okay, maybe there is some, maybe this is truth. Maybe this is right. So it provides backup kind of in that teaching capacity and then also counseling. Okay, also counseling capacity. And that's the story of camp with that kid at camp. Like he just needed somebody else to tell him that his parents were right. He, that's literally all he needed. And sometimes it goes more in depth than that, but you can utilize, you know, youth group as that backup. As like, hey, you need to talk to Hunter about this. Hey, you need to talk to Haley about this. Hey, you need to talk to you know, one of those college kids in, in youth about this, or Garrett, or, you know, my other leaders, you need to talk to them about this. And guess what? We're going to be telling them the same thing you're telling them, right? Um, now, don't send your kid to me and be like, hey, I don't like your haircut, so you should go ask Hunter about your haircut. <laughs> and I don't care about that, right? Uh, if you do, I'll probably just be like, just listen to your mom and dad. <laughs> I'm not going to talk to you anymore about it. But uh, when, it, when it does come to these things of, like, like, like that kid, you know, 
well, I got a 10 o'clock curfew and my kid hates it and he thinks I'm the worst parent ever. Well, we can provide backup for that because we're a body, right? The church is a body and we, and we have that opportunity to, to provide backup in that way. The second thing, okay, it provides backup. It also provides materials. I'm not really going to talk about this much because we're going to get into um, the things that we're going through in youth group. But really, it gives a systematic way to memorize, read, study, things like that. And you can do it with other people. Um, but I think that that's a resource for you guys and that you can use it as parents with your kids. It's like, hey, Kids Club has a memory book, right? And they're going through memorization, right? And you can do that with your kids or whatever. And you don't have to, right? You don't have to do any of this stuff. But they're just tools. So there's tools in your tool belt. It's like, hey, I can use this tool when I need this tool. Right, and if you don't know, you can't do it. So it provides materials like that, and it also provides opportunities. And I'm gonna spend a little bit more time on this one because I love this one. I think it's one of the biggest ones um, because this one's really hard to get anywhere else other than the body. It's really hard to get anywhere else other than church. Um, it provides opportunity for parents and kids. Okay, youth group or church or kids club. It provides opportunities for uh, parents. Um, it provides a lot of opportunity for you guys to get involved, do all this kind of stuff. It also is a, is a good conversation starter for you guys. Um, sometimes it can be hard, especially if we're not used to it, to start conversations with your kids about the Scripture, about the Word of God. And you can use and utilize the things that we're doing in youth group or in kids club or even in church, in Sunday morning church, right? You're on the way home, and JB just taught on you know Ephesians. And you're like, hey, what did you think about that? Right? That's utilizing a tool. That's utilizing the body. That's utilizing us as a body together and what we're doing to train up your kids. And so you do the same thing with kids club. You can do the same thing with youth group. You know, and you know, we have a we have a podcast that we put all the Sunday school lessons on, and we'll talk about it in a second. But uh, you can go through, and you don't even have to listen to the podcast. You can look at what they're what they're learning on Sunday mornings, and you can be like, hey, I see you just finished Deuteronomy, so let's talk about Deuteronomy. Let's see what you've been learning. You know what I mean? And, and that gives you opportunity as a parent to really dive into the Scripture in the same place that we're diving into the Scripture in, right? Um, and then opportunities for youth. Again, I think this is huge. This is huge. It gives them opportunities to become leaders in the church and to lead. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But really, the church gives them an opportunity to lead. And the reason I say that, especially in this context, is because not all, not all situations, but a lot of times, like in public school, or a lot of times in school in general. Um, I know, if, you know, if you're homeschooled, it's not this way as much. But in, in people don't follow a good leader, right? So, like, if I'm, you can have an opportunity to lead in your school by example, but a lot of times, nobody's going to follow the example. They're just going to make fun of you, right? So you're just going to stand up. You're going to have to stand alone. You have to learn some stuff like that, right? But it doesn't, it doesn't give you the same opportunity to lead in the church like youth group will, where you can actually get up and lead a body of believers, okay, as a youth and say, or as a kid or whatever, and say, hey, I'm, I'm leading these people. Um, I'm training them. I'm teaching them. I'm making disciples. That's a little bit harder in the, um, in the school setting. Or like for me, I was homeschooled. It's a little bit harder when it's just me and my brothers and sisters, right? There's, there's not as much opportunity there to lead and be that leader, um, especially in that church sense. So I think that's really important. And to be a, another thing, another opportunity really is to be around godly peers and godly leaders. Okay, um, Again, um, as a homeschooler, I was around godly people, right? But it's just my godly people, right? Not a, not a ton of outside perspective. And the, the further out you go, the more perspective you get. And so you're, you're around these 
other godly peers and you can have godly influences. And we're dealing with this right now in youth group because we're having a, we got a lot of kids coming and a lot of new kids. And, you know, a lot of these new kids, they may not be, they may not be godly influences, right? Um, but something I tell my, my kids is like, you bring them here and that's a, that's a way that you can influence them instead of you going. A lot of times you feel like as a kid, I need to go to that party or that thing to influence them to be right. Uh, when really this provides, youth group provides an opportunity where they can get in a wholesome, a right, biblical setting where they can actually bring friends in, influence them. Um, that's kind of a tangent a little bit, but they can also be around those godly peers. So, And then godly leaders as well. I mean, again, in youth group, they're, they're around guys like Garrett, right? He's, he's one of my leaders. And, and all of our leaders, I mean, they're godly adults that are not their parents, right? And as much as I hate to say that, kids need to see other godly adults other than their parents, right? They do, and, and, you know, I don't have kids at that age yet, but I'm still pretty young, right, so I remember those days. I remember um, I needed that. I needed other godly men in my life, other godly women, and my parents were great. I'd say, you know, they're the best parents, but I still needed that. I still needed that other godly influence, and we have youth leaders, kids club leaders, um, church leaders, people in the church, and that's why that church, you can utilize that as an opportunity for your youth. And the other one, the final one, uh, opportunity for the youth is just to, they get the opportunity to lead by example. And we're going to talk about this later, so I'm not going to spend time on it, but we really do this on Sunday nights where they get to really actually lead. Um, so we are a tool, youth group, um, youth group is a tool. I was talking with Lance about this, and I told him I was just going to get up and say, you know, I am a tool, and then I was just going to go sit down. <laughs> but I thought that might not be the best. So just remember that we are a tool for you guys to utilize, a tool in your tool belt that you guys can use as parents. And then as I go through this curriculum, basically what we're doing, the, the systematic way that we're doing this, be thinking, okay, this is a tool that I can use. How can I use that? Because I'm going to give you a few examples of how you can use a tool, but really it's you. It's how does this fit your family? How can you use this in your life? How can you use this with your kids? Okay, I can't tell you how you can use Sunday morning teaching for your kids. I can give you a few examples. Okay, I can't tell you how you can use Wednesday night at, with your kids because I'm not a parent of your kids, and I don't know your kids like you do. You know them. So be thinking, hey, here, how are some ways that I can utilize this tool in my life and in my kids' life to train them up in the way that they should go? So first thing, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to talk about three things. I'm not going to talk about our big events or anything like that or camp or anything. I'm going to talk about our weekly events. I'm going to show you, hey, this is what we do in youth group, okay? And here's why we do it. And then you guys can say, okay, here's how I can utilize that in my child's life to train them up in the way she goes. So first thing we talk about is Sunday morning. Okay, Sunday morning we do expository teaching. Okay, that means we go verse by verse through books of the Bible. Okay, and the whole goal uh, behind this is to learn the Bible in context. Right? We've got to learn the Bible in context. And then also for them to learn in a setting of attentiveness. And what I mean by that is, you know, we, we need to do discussion groups. We need to do, you know, hands-on stuff. And we do. We're going to talk about those in a second. But there's also something to be said about sitting and being attentive and be attentively learning. And another thing that goes along with that is it teaches. And I tell them this all the time, but it doesn't do any good if I'm not... If I'm the only one telling them, you guys should be telling them this too. It's a good opportunity for them to test the teacher. Okay, so if I'm getting up here and I'm, and I'm teaching, they should be checking their Bibles. They should be looking at the Word of God saying, is this right? Is this true? Okay, and that's something that you guys should be telling them too. Hey, what did Hunter teach? Did it line up with the Bible? All right, that's kind of scary for me, right? Because if I make a mistake, like we all do, I'll probably hear from you guys. 
But um, that's a great opportunity for that. And one way you guys can utilize this, like I said, we put this on podcast, um, and there's a actually a QR code for it that you guys have. But you guys can actually just go through. You don't even have to listen to the podcast. You can just look at what we're teaching. Okay, it's expository, right? So we've been Deuteronomy for 10 weeks or 12 weeks or whatever. You know, right there, boom. We've just done Deuteronomy. So let's start talking to our kid about Deuteronomy. Right? It's easy. It's easy. I'm trying to make it easy anyway. So that's what that is. The whole goal of that is to learn the Bible in context in a setting where they can be attentive and listen. Sunday night workouts. Okay, This is our Sunday night activity. The goal here is that youth would become leaders in the church and that we know how to lead and be comfortable leading other people. Okay, This is our hands-on. Okay, The first one, classroom setting, attentiveness. Second one, Sunday night, this is hands-on. Okay, This is where, as as Lance would say, they get in elbows deep, right? This is where your kids are, they're coming here as high school students, 9th through 12th grade, and they are literally leading the younger kids, okay? Um, what we do is one night, one Sunday night, I'll meet with all the high school kids and I'll say, hey, how are we doing this? And they say, okay, hey, we're doing a meal at five. Okay, who's in charge of setting that up? We ride out. Who's in charge of emceeing? Who's in charge of teaching? Who's in charge of small groups? Who's in charge of prayer groups? Who's going to lead the game? Who's going to be there beforehand putting out plates? Okay, and we, and we go through all that. And the next week, I don't do anything. And uh, Lori's there with me, you know, and me and Lori, we don't do anything. And they lead the entire night. And that's why I say it's hands-on, and it teaches them to be leaders in the church. And here's the thing about it, too. And I was thinking about this the other day because I was like, man, they've been leading a whole year. Like, they, you know, Gatlin's taught six times, and, you know, Jeremiah's led the small group five times. It's like, is it just going to get boring for them? And I was thinking to myself, you know what? This is not only teaching them to lead, but it's teaching them to be comfortable leading and do it, you know, well is what it is, because they're doing it all the time. And they're doing it every other, it's every other week, but they're doing it every other week they're leading these kids. So it's really important for high school kids to be able to do that. It's also really important for the younger kids. Okay, because now, guess what? They don't see one person, me, leading them. Who do they see? They see these guys that are like two years older than leading. And it gives them inspiration to want to lead, to want to, you know, do that as well. It's an example, right, um, of someone not that much older than them. So I think it's really important. And again, you know, they need all the examples they can get. Okay, If they just have their parents as an example, it's not a lot. If they just have old people like me, because I'm old to them, and their parents, as an example, it's like, okay, that's great. But then if they have me and Garrett and their parents and then these other kids and the college leaders that we have, it's like, man, look at all these examples and these people that they can look to say, hey, this is what we're doing. So that's why we do Sunday nights. That's the goal of it, that they would become leaders. Okay, And then Wednesday night. Okay, Wednesday night is usually our biggest night. And the goal there is to learn truth, comprehend the Bible as a whole, memorize, study, and read. Okay? Comprehend the Bible as a whole, so we're learning truths. This is the thing where we do like 412 or 22 or something like that, or where we do like these kind of uh, more topical-ish studies. They're all going back to the Word, right? But the more topical, we'll do um, discipline studies or character studies, stuff like that. I think I have on you guys' thing what we actually do. This is our um, curriculum, if you will, or, you know, Lance needs to give you a better definition of curriculum than I can, but this is what we actually do year by year. So if your kids come into youth group, they're here for eight years, okay? So if they're here for eight years, 
Uh, and year one through year eight, that doesn't mean like in fifth grade they get that. It just means like wherever we're at, that's what they're going to get. So they may come in on year four or whatever. Uh, but year one is spiritual discipline. So in year one, we teach them, um, and again, that's not a fifth grader, that's just year one, but we teach them about prayer, fasting, Bible intake, giving, um, and maybe one more. But spiritual disciplines, they're key spiritual disciplines, okay? We just teach them talk about discipline in general as well. The second one, year two, is the gospel. Okay, so that's 412. We do 412 with them. Okay, the gospel, um, there may be some 2-2 stuff in there as well. So 412, 2-2 type stuff, which you don't know what that is. They're right back there on the table. But that's gospel, how does the Bible fit together. We do evangelism, so another spiritual discipline there. So we actually practice evangelizing and stuff like that. Um, and we talk a lot about who, who Christ is. Okay, who Christ is. Year three is wisdom, so we go Proverbs, Song of Solomon, and Ecclesiastes. And we go through those books. Uh, this year is actually year three, but because of some other stuff that we needed to do, we did wisdom and gospel, so we split it up that way this year. Uh, but we're on year three right now. Year four, we do character. So we go, we're going to look at 13 characters of the Bible, and then we're going to look at 13 character qualities from the Bible. Okay, And so we're all character. Okay, And then year five is the church, so a lot of that's going to be unity, spiritual disciplines. Um, again, that's, there's going to be some 2-2 stuff kind of in, in, interwoven in that one as well. And then year 6, 7, and 8 all repeat year 1, 2, and 3. So they get that twice. So that's what we do in our teaching and group discussion. Um, Wednesday night is usually all pretty much group discussion. Um, so it's a different form of learning. Uh, but basically they're going to come and they're going to discuss a passage of Scripture. So like last week we're in lesson I think 11 or 412, so it's Bible study um, and why we study the Bible, why Bible study is important. And so for the older kids, what we had is we had 2 Timothy 2.15, 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17, and Hebrews 4.12. And we, I put each one of those on a piece of paper as a group, and then I put question, three key questions that I wanted them to discuss in small group, and then we broke off into groups of like five, six, seven, and they all discussed them, and then we all came back together and discussed it as a whole. Um, so that's kind of the um, format there. And then we'll break off into what we call our small groups, and we'll use our impact books. This is what I want to talk about a little bit uh, real quick before lunch. I know you guys are getting hungry. But um, the reason I want to talk about this is because it's new. We're just now we're, we're still working all this out, okay? But we're just now getting all this um, done here. So um, when your kids come into youth group, okay, well, first when they go into kids club, okay, they have the kids club book, and Brandy may talk a little bit about that in a second, or she may not, I'm not sure. Um, she told me if I covered stuff good, then, you know, she wouldn't come up here. So, I mean, she's probably going to have like 40 minutes, because <laughs> I'm not going to cover anything very well. Um, and I've just been talking about youth group the whole time, and I keep forgetting to add, you know, add kids club in. So, uh, but anyway, when your kids get into youth group, what we have them do is we have them read the entire Bible, um, and on you guys, since a lot of you guys are going to have kids in fifth grade pretty soon, um, really the whole goal behind this is that they would get a comprehensive view of the scriptures as a whole. So it's like having a puzzle, and when you buy a puzzle, you see the picture of the puzzle on the box, right? So you know what it looks like, and then when you open it up, it's a bunch of pieces, and you got to put them all together, right? And so reading through the entire Bible, even though you're not looking at every detail, and that's not the goal, you're seeing the big picture, right? And then, when you guys go through a youth group, and as you guys are training your kids, they start putting those pieces together to make the puzzle. Kind of like Lance was talking about the pegs. 
And so they'll read through the entire Bible with that year, and they can read it, they can listen to it, um, they can do however they want, and you guys, as parents, should be doing that with them. Okay? I mean, it's a fifth grader, right? Um, you should be taking them through that, um, and I think listening or re- reading that together with them and doing this with them. And so here's what here's the format. I'm, I'm just showing you guys this. You guys can look at it back there. I'm going to go quickly through it. Uh, the colors are better on the actual books, I promise. Uh, but this is, So this is what sections look like. There's 28 sections, and they'll be split up into days if you want to use those days. Okay? If you don't, you do them on your own in, in whatever order you want. Well, basically, whenever you're done with this section one, you'll come through here and you'll list a reference to your theme, which is at the very beginning of the book. So you say, hey, my fifth grader, what do you want your theme to be? Salvation, sanctification, wisdom, obedience, God's character, anything in the Bible. Or, you know, a fifth grader, he might be like animals of the Bible. That's fine. It doesn't matter, right? Um, this is just to get their minds, like, kind of following the Scripture a little bit, right? And, again, we're not looking at every detail. We're reading it through, okay? And so, they list any reference to their theme. In creation, I saw animals. Good. Perfect. Okay? Or, I didn't see any references to my theme. In Jonah, there were no animals, no fish or anything. And so, then, they just checked that box. Okay? And that, yeah. That probably happens a lot. <laughs> so then there's a little short section, what stood out to you? This is literally anything. It's like, what stood out to you? Well, there was no animals in Jonah, but a big fish swallowed Jonah. You know, that's what stood out to me. So that's what they write. And then section two, same thing. It goes all the way uh, through 28 sections, and by the time they're done, they've read the Bible, they've listed a few things about it, and they're getting that overall picture. Okay? So... Does that make sense for you guys uh, for fifth grade? So I'm going to go through the sixth, seventh, and eighth grade books. are all very similar. So I'm just going to basically show you these. So the sixth grade book, okay, this guy, what it does is it's all about memory and then a little bit of study. And it's all about the gospel. Okay, it's all about the gospel. So they've read the entire Bible. What's the, the whole purpose of the Bible? God bringing simple man back himself using the son, Jesus Christ, right? Well, here's his son, Jesus Christ. That's the next thing they learn in, in sixth grade. Okay, they're memorizing these verses. Okay, the format is very similar. Again, you can actually see the words in the books. I don't know what's up with this, but section 1-1, they'll have a little short snippet here, maybe a fun fact, some verse to memorize, and then they'll go through and they'll have a section called Think a Little. And this is not deep at all. Okay, this is read this passage and answer three questions. You as a parent can utilize this, right? I said I might throw in some things you could utilize. I mean, you could utilize this and say, okay, let's actually talk about Numbers 21. Let's dive dive into this and look at it. Right, because it's right here. They're already doing it, right? And so you get that through all the way through the sixth and seventh grade book. They'll go through. They'll say these verses, and then all through section one, one one, one five, one six, they're doing that. One seven, they have to study. So they'll study this passage of scripture. They'll observe it. They'll interpret it, and they'll apply it. So it's just teaching them. Hey, how do we observe? How do we interpret? How do we apply? Again, this is you guys getting in there saying, okay, let's observe it, interpret, apply it. Here's like a few questions, but let's actually look at it together. All right, let's look at it together. Section 2, they go through and they review all the verses. And they have a study thing. And then section 3, they review them again. So that's all it is. It's super simple. I just want you guys to be aware of what it is. Eighth grade is very similar. It's just bigger, and there's more of it. And there's a few more activities that they might do. Like um, like in the in the very end of here, they'll, they'll actually have to like pray. Because this one's all about... Well, I guess I didn't even tell you what seventh grade was. So sixth grade is gospel. Seventh grade is the Bible. So how does it fit together? They're doing, they're doing a lot of things like they do this thing called the People Project where they have the 20 key characters of the Bible. They have to write out one sentence about each one of them. Um, they memorize things like the books of the Bible. How do you divide the Bible? Um, they, they look at the dispensation, stuff like that, right? 
So that's when it's all about the Bible. This one's all about um, um, this one's all about God's character, and then it has a few spiritual disciplines in it as well. So God's power and God's love, and then uh, I think it's prayer and giving. And they'll be memorizing stuff about it. They'll be doing the same thing, and then they'll have some of these sections like four or five. Um, it's called the praise and thanks section. So literally, they have to write out 25 things that they're thankful to God for and 15 things that they're going to praise God for. So right here, they're learning the difference between praise and thanking God, right? And they're listing these things out. Here, you got to pray, like, I think uh, for three people five times um, during the week. So you just check it off. Who's, who are you praying for? What are you praying for them for? And just check them off. It's just simple stuff that's, like, getting them involved. And you guys can use this stuff, okay? Again, this, this book is not going to train your kids up in the way they should go, right? That's not the intention of it. But you guys can utilize this as a tool. Okay, Eight, uh, ninth and 10th grade. Okay, these are some of my favorite ones because it's all about wisdom. So ninth and 10th grade, they go through the book of Proverbs. They memorize and they study. And it goes a little bit more in depth for them um, on their own. And, but then again, you take this and you go even further. So they memorize. They have a required reading. They have a brain shake, which is basically observation interpretation questions. Okay, they have three key truths that they're going to have to list. And they're going to have to list an application. That's basically what they do the whole time. And then at the 10th grade book, it gets a little more detail. Uh, they have to write an essay. It's a really short essay. They have to write a really short essay on how two passages fit together. Right? So it's simple stuff like that that these books are giving your kids. But you can take it and you can say, okay, I want to go deeper with this. I want to go further with this. I want to train my kids by using this. And you may not even use it. Okay? And that's fine too. Or you may just use, hey, you read Proverbs 2 and 1 Kings 3, 16 through 20. Let's just talk about that. You may, that may be all you use. But use it. If you, if, you know, if you know it's here, you can use it, right? You know what I'm saying? If you know it's here, you can use it. And, so, um, and then the, finally, the 11th and 12th grade book. Oh, here it is. All right. So 11th and 12th graders, we go through and we do um, basically Bible studies, okay? Um, and so there's no, there's no memorizing here. They're not memorizing anything, which to get an 11th and 12th grader to memorize something is like pulling teeth, and to get a 6th grader to do it, it's like, oh, yeah, it's easy. You know, yeah. All of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden, an 11th and 12th grader forgot how to memorize everything. So, um, but instead of memorizing, what we're doing is we're going through and we're um, we're studying. You guys can really utilize this, I think, for an 11th and 12th grader because it's hard to talk to them about this kind of stuff in general. Just Bible stuff. Sometimes it's hard to engage with them. I mean, and again, I don't have an 11th and 12th grader, so I don't know. But I was one, and you know, maybe you could go through this with them. <laughs> Okay? Maybe you could go through this with them, or maybe you could go through and talk to them about it, or whatever. You can use it however you want. But basically, you're going to have a Devo. You're going to have a, this one's Unsung Heroes. It's right in the back. Um, but you're going to have a passage of scripture that they're going to. You're going to have a short little commentary on something. Um, this one's talking about Enix. It's talking about pleasing God. And you're just going to have questions. Okay? And these questions hopefully make them think a little bit. Okay? Hopefully. And it may not. Um, and also, you know, you get out as much as you put in. So the more that they think about it, the more they're going to get out of it. But you guys can really take that and say, hey, let's, let's talk about it. Then you're gonna, they're going to have to list keywords and definitions from there. Okay, again, that's observation, interpretation, and application. So they're going to list these keywords. They're going to be in Enoch. Okay, there's not that many verses. And there's not, but they, there's still going to be keywords and definitions, you know, that they're going to have to define from there. Then they're going to come back. They're going to answer some more questions. They're going to have application questions. And then if they want to, they can do a further study. Again, you could, you could utilize this as, okay, you did this whole thing in youth group, and you talked about it. Now me and you, we're going to go do the further study together. 
And we're gonna and the further study really just is passages of scripture. Okay, there's like four questions, but they're they're nothing, right? So you're you're actually gonna go and observe and interpret and apply it all uh, with your kids. And so that's what this is. Um, those are in the back. You guys, there's a big stack of them. You guys can take one of those with you if you if you want to look at it. Uh, I think I only have like 15 or something. But that's what your 11th and 12th graders are doing. So basically, in Wednesday night programming, they're getting the teaching, but then in their small group, they're starting with an overall comprehensive view of the scripture. Okay, then they're going to the gospel, memorizing, putting that word in their heart, and answers, you know, doing a little bit of study about it. Then they move on to the Bible. And, okay, how's this Bible? What is it? How's it work? How's it fit together? They move on to God's character, His love and His power in 8th grade, as well as some spiritual disciplines. Ninth and 10th grade, all right, let's get some practical wisdom, because we all know ninth and 10th graders need practical wisdom, okay? And so they get that ninth and 10th grade, and then 11th and 12th grade, they're, they're looking at the Word, they're studying it, and they're answering the questions on their own. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about it, and we're going to discuss it, and we're going to see what... What was weird? What stood out? What didn't fit? What you know that kind of stuff. And so that's a that's the Wednesday night small group, and that's all new. Okay, uh, those are the books that are coming out this fall. And so I want to share that with you guys again. Really, I want to share all this to, for you, so you know what's going on. So you're just aware, so that you can utilize this if you want to. Okay, again, there's tons of tools out there um, that you guys can use, but I think youth group's one of them. I think it's a good one, um, personally. And so. I hope you guys utilize it. Are there any questions about any of this, any of this junk that we got going on here? Okay, uh, Brandy, how many minutes do you have? One minute. One minute. Okay. So I did okay then. Okay. <laughs> um, I just wanted to add on to what Hunter said, and just most of you guys are familiar with the kids program and, and the kids club book that we use on Wednesday night. Um, but one thing I wanted to just encourage you guys to do as parents, um, let me backtrack and say. I am so happy with our program. Our teaching team and our volunteers are incredible. And when new people come into our church, that's the first thing I hear about is, whoa, like you guys have it going on up here. Like everybody takes it very seriously. Everybody is fully invested. Look at this, whoa, whoa, whoa. But we can even go above and beyond if we do it on purpose with being intentional. And so that was something I want to encourage you guys that are here today to listen to what we have to say is the, the power of intentionality. Um, of knowing who your kids' teachers are. It always just blows me away whenever somebody comes and asks me a question about something. I'm like, what, what classroom are they in? I don't, I don't know. Don't know what room they're in. They don't know who the teacher is. They don't know what they're being taught. And it's like, just makes me kind of shrug my shoulders. And so I'd love to see that culture in our church change to where you know your teacher and you know what's being taught on Sunday mornings, um, kids, kids' Sunday school classes. And, um, oh, sorry, give me one second. I'm a little dizzy. <laughs> Um, in the kids' Sunday school classes and in kids' church, our programs are on a 12-week um, timeline. So we know our lessons 12 weeks at a time. And so as parents, I'd love to see that relationship build of you texting your teacher, what are you teaching my child in class, and that relationship and partnership. Because if you know they're learning about Jonah, then you can say, hey, I saw this on Pinterest. I had this idea. Like, send this to your teachers. But also knowing what you're, they're learning in class is so important. And down to the basis of just... Knowing your teacher's name, having that phone number, I think can take us a long way in going the next step um, in that partnership we have with parents and teachers in our programs. And then on Wednesday nights, the lesson plans are laid out for the entire year ahead of time. So you can look and see what your kids are doing. So know that information. Know it like you know what they're doing in their regular school life. 
So I just wanted to encourage you guys to be intentional, to know your teachers as your kids go through our programs, know the lessons, and don't accept one-word answers. When they come home from church, that's what I'm trying to foster in my three- and four-year-old classes. I tell them every single week, tell your mom the story in the car. Tell your mom the story. Tell, can you tell the story back to me? So we teach the lesson, we show them the lesson, we craft the lesson, we do an activity with the lesson, and then I, I make it around my room and say, Tell me the story. Can you tell the story to me? And then I text the parents, ask your kids the story because that regurgitation of bringing that forward in their own words, there's so much power and those roots begin to go down. Um, you know, and I, and I encourage my teachers, especially, you know, Mallory struggles with what they teach the buffets. So you've got pegs and puzzles and buffets, but I always encourage them to, to give them a meal, not an entire buffet. We're giving them pieces and then we're going to read, we're going to build on that and build on that and build on that. And at the end, they're going to be able to have a buffet of knowledge. And so just be there for them, and then when you're having those discussions, tell me more. Tell me more. Can you, and then later in the week, can you remind me again what was on Sunday? Wasn't it something about, and get them talking about that, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe how much they're going to be able to put together by the end if they're being reminded and they're, they're telling you, you're not just telling them. Um, so again, that was just that creating that habit of that culture, of that expectation um, for your kids to be able to think on their own and verbalize on their own as well. And then also remember why we're, we're doing it. We're not just doing it to do it to check a box, to do our weekly routine, but we're doing this for lifelong purposes and for eternal purposes. Um, you know, I had a little boy in my four-year-old class that, you know, we talk a lot about going to heaven around Easter. And, you know, he just stops and says, you know, my brother went to heaven and he's in heaven. I miss him and everything stopped. I've got an assistant so everybody else can pay attention to them. And that little boy was my full attention and it was, it's okay to be sad. You know, it's okay to miss them. And I'm supporting that home life that I know he was getting because I'm thinking long-term life. Let's address this right now and get any anger or bitterness out of that heart. And I want him to hear from his parents, hear inside of our church and hear from his teacher. It's okay to be sad, but God loves us anyways. And we're gonna be in heaven either one day. Those types of conversations are happening whenever you slow down and talk to your children and listen to what they say. And so again, just I just wanted to, back everything Hunter said. We've got our program set up, they're being taught. Um, kids club books are there. Verse memorization, but also that intentionality as parents of being invested in what they're doing. Don't just drop them off. Know the teachers, know what they're learning in class, and then back us up and reinforce that at home and know we're backing you guys up in the classes and the, the short time we have them each week. So, great job Hunter. Thanks again for joining us for True to the Bible podcast with Hunter Davis. If you enjoyed this lesson, make sure you subscribe so you can hear the rest of the lessons on True to the Bible podcast. And if you have any questions regarding this lesson or any of the other lessons, make sure you contact us at hunter.davis at stillwaterbible.org. Thanks again for joining us.